You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip Podcast. In this episode, I share with you how I became a self-made millionaire. I'll tell you five specific things I worked on and how you can apply these to your life and business. My mission in life is to help women become millionaires. So if that's you and you're ready to build some serious wealth, this is your episode. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip Podcast. In this show, online business coach and self-made millionaire, Sabrina Phillip shows you how to do entrepreneurship your way. She moved to Bali with $800 in her bank account and just one year later had scaled her business to seven figures. Sabrina has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Goldcast, and Cosmopolitan. Using her signature, intentional, manageable, profitable framework, Sabrina helps women make millions online. Currently traveling the world, tune in each week as she reveals the best tips, tricks, and strategies for creating the intentional life and business of your dreams. Here's your host, Sabrina Phillip. In this episode of the Sabrina Phillip podcast, I am going to break down for you the different steps that I took to become a self-made millionaire. And this is going to be more about the theory and strategy of what I was doing. But if you want to know like specifically what I was selling and how I was structuring my business, then you can go to episode two of the podcast where I talk about how I turned $800 into a million dollar empire. But today I want to have just a larger conversation about building wealth and what that looks like. So started my business, 800 bucks in my bank account, one-way plane ticket to Bali, One year later, I was featured in Forbes and I had a seven-figure business. And now it has been four years later and we still have a multiple seven-figure business and things just keep getting better and better. And I definitely had that fear of this is going to go away one day, like it, it can't keep being this good, but it has been. And I think for me, that kind of brings me to my first point about what I did to become a self-made millionaire and also just to have that seven-figure business and to start building that wealth for myself was just believing that it was possible and believing that it can happen. Because if I didn't think that I could do that, I wouldn't go for that. I wouldn't play on that level. I wouldn't show up in the way that I do. Something I was thinking about the other day was I had all these payments that I was looking at coming in and I just thought, I'm so used to just seeing my Stripe account or my PayPal account every single day and seeing money in there and getting a payout every single day. And that's just normal to me. It's been super normal to me, but it definitely did not feel very normal to me five years ago. I used to maybe get a payment once or twice a month, maybe three times a month from a client signing up for a short project or a few social media posts. I used to be a social media manager. I didn't really have consistent daily payments and daily payouts. That was not a thing. And now it's just so normal for me where money comes in and money goes out, right? Money comes in through payments and courses and ads and all of that. And then money goes out to team members. And it's just very normal to me. I've been paying multiple six figures a year for my team for years now. And that just feels so normal to me. So of course, like believe that it can happen. But then the other thing I would say is every step of the way, I made it my new normal. So when I had my first 100K cash month, I decided that that got to be my new normal because since I made it my new normal, I was able to stay there and grow from there. Sometimes people have a really big month in their business and it's super exciting, but they can't replicate it again because their brain processes it as a one-hit wonder or as a fluke or as the result of that one particular launch, but they don't see it as something that can be possible and available for them every single day, every single month, every single year. 
So definitely believing that it can happen, but then also believing that it gets to be normal, right? It's not like a comet shooting across the sky once every hundred years. Like this just gets to be your life and this gets to be my life. So that I think for me has really been the thing. If I had to sum it up, I just made wealth and I made being a millionaire normal for me. And that's just what I expect of myself. That's what I expect so that I can invest my money, save my money, pay my team, grow my business, provide for my family. This is just the level that I expect myself to play at. And because it feels normal to me, it doesn't feel super weird or uncomfortable when I need to do an eight-hour photo shoot or a three-day video shoot, or I need to pay out $20,000 in team payments in one day, right? I just think that, okay, well, this is just how it gets to work. So what I would suggest is if you are maybe first getting started in building wealth or in starting your online business and wanting to get out there, when you do have that first kind of big payment come in or the next big payment come in, I totally want you to celebrate it so much. And I want you to find a way to make it normal. Oh my gosh, I just had my first 5K painful client. This is the best. And this can happen to me a million more times. This gets to be my new normal. This gets to be easy. And I think that if you can integrate that and regulate that in your nervous system and just feel really safe in receiving that level of wealth and managing that level of wealth, it will be easier to continue to attract and expand into that as you keep going and growing in your business. So that's the first piece I think that really helped me become a self-made millionaire, just believing it was possible and making it normal every single step of the way. I remember my first big luxury bag purchase. And you've probably heard me talk about this a million times, but it just really stands out to me. I really, really, really wanted a Chanel jumbo classic flap, black caviar leather with silver hardware. So if you know about like premium luxury brands, usually the neutral colors, so like black, white, maybe like a nude or caramel color, they're pretty hard to find just because everybody wants them. So they sell out really quickly. And back then jumbo bags were a little bit more in style. I know that now mini bags are the trend, although I've been told that big bags are coming back. So who knows? Um, But I really, really, really wanted this bag and I did so much research on it. And I remember going to Singapore and the bag was not available. And I went to, I think Hong Kong and the bag was not available. And then I got to my third store in Sydney. And I think when I was in Hong Kong, I actually looked maybe in like two or three stores, but I just remember not being able to get it. And then I went to Sydney and I walked into the store and I told him exactly what I wanted. I want a classic flap, jumbo, caviar, black leather, silver hardware. And he says, we only get one of those every two weeks and the next one will be here in an hour. And I said, take my name down, it's mine. And it was. And I remember being there with Paul, my husband, then boyfriend, and I just felt so flooded and overwhelmed and freaking out because the bag I think was about 8,000, 9,000 Australian dollars because I was in Australia, obviously, which I think at the time I probably paid like 6,000, 5,500 for the bag. The bags have gotten so expensive lately, by the way. Now that bag is like $8,000 US, which blows my mind. Either way, it was very, very expensive and the most I'd ever spent. It was five times more than I'd ever spent on a bag. And I just felt so flooded. And Paul just told me like, this is your new normal. Like you're so freaking out right now, but when you buy your 10th Chanel bag, you're not gonna feel this way. And 
he was right. Now I've got, I think, seven or eight Chanel bags now, and I've got two Hermes bags and so many bags. And it's not about the bags, but now it just feels so normal. I look at my closet and I see all of these luxury handbags and all of these Louboutin shoes and beautiful clothes. And I just expect that in my closet. So celebrate that big moment, celebrate that 5K month, that painful client, that sold out launch, that Chanel bag, that Gucci bag, the Gucci belt, whatever it is, celebrate it and find a way to make it your new normal. And I think that's when you're going to feel more comfortable just going for it and showing up. So that's my first tip. The second thing that I think really helped me is learning how to hold on to my money and also how to expand my money. So I think what happens a lot based on your money attachment style, whether you're more anxious or avoidant or secure in relationship with money, I very much, the second I got money in, I spent it and just got rid of it. That was a pattern that I'd had since I was a child. Every single dollar that came to me from a birthday or a Christmas card or whatever, that money was going to get spent that day. So when I first started making money in my business, not even before I was making it big, but just when I was making $5,000 a month, $3,000 a month, something like that, the money would come in and it felt like it would just disappear immediately. And obviously when I was making that amount of money, I was really just covering living expenses for the most part, right? I didn't have as much flexibility and freedom as I do now. Obviously the cost of living where I was in Bali was quite low. So I did have some money to spend for sure, but I just had this pattern of whatever I saw in my bank account was what I was going to spend. That was the way that the money would come in and the money would go out. So I really quickly shifted that and I realized that if I wanted to grow my money and keep making more, if I wanted to get to that seven-figure business and to that self-made millionaire status, that I was going to need to find a way to hold on to my assets and to expand them, either through investments, there's you know different 401ks and SEP IRAs and Roth IRAs, and I'm not a financial advisor, so I won't give you any tips on that because that's not my place or expertise. But by shifting my focus to how can I reinvest this money to make me more money, either through personal development or through uh, financial investments, or how can I save this money and hold on to this money so I don't feel the anxiety of starting from zero every month? That I think was when it really started to shift for me because you can make a million dollars, but if you have nothing to show for it, what's the point? And does that really make you a millionaire? So by learning to hold on to my money and expand my money, that I think is when things really started to kick off for me. Of course, I definitely am a spender for sure. I love luxury travel. I love luxury goods. I love to give to my family. I love to give to charity. There's so much that I love to do with money. And I've gotten really, really, really good at holding on to it for sure. And I think that holding on piece is again about safety. Now, I think there's a difference between holding versus hoarding, right? So I could have just as easily made all this money, even just when I was making $5,000 a month, hold on to all the money and refuse to spend a penny for fear that it would never come back. I believe that when I put money out into the world, it's going to come back to me tenfold. So if that is the case, then I can make those strategic investments. And also, I don't have to be either or. I can be both and. I can be both a saver and a spender and an investor, 
right? I can be strategic with my money and I can be a saver. I can be all of those things all at once. And by creating that safety of not just making money, but having money, I think is when you really start to accelerate into your growth. Because if it still feels unsafe, you're going to find a way to spend it, which I think just kind of goes into that mental cycle of, I can't actually do this, right? Because you're finding a way to disappear the money and make it go away every single month so that you don't have to see it. Because that is proof that something is happening that you're not yet comfortable with. So you can just start small. Maybe you have a budget for yourself that every single week you have, let's say, $50 that you can spend on coffee or fun money or whatever you want. You could maybe even just play with changing that to $40. I don't want to give you too much like financial advice there, but it's not about spending less. It's about having more, right? Or maybe you could make a decision of this week I'm going to experiment and I'm going to put this money into the stock market or I'm going to buy an ebook or I'm going to buy a mini course or something that's going to help me grow. So you see yourself as an investment and an asset to grow and expand. And also there's definitely traditional financial paths that you could follow as well. But feeling comfortable holding that money and growing that money and safe in that, I think is what really allowed me to grow my business and grow my wealth as well. So the third thing that I think really made such a big difference for me and is something that I will always do, no matter what my wealth status is, is having a personal brand. And I think the reason why this was so powerful is because it allowed me to build connection and community and relationships with people. And I think that's so often, I think that's so often when we are trying to, you know, get out there online and get out there on social media and grow our business and scale our business, there's this fear of being judged or people not liking you or people not giving you the feedback that you want to hear. So you just stop and you don't do it and you don't show up in the way that you need to, or you feel like you need to be a different version of yourself. But I feel like I've really built a very strong personal brand and connection with my community. And this is something that has scaled with me and keeps paying me. My husband, Paul, was telling me the other day that he heard something that said, you're not a business, you're a media company, meaning that as entrepreneurs these days in 2021, if you are a personal brand driven business, the way that I am, where I am the face of my company and it's about having people invest in me and in my frameworks and my methodologies and in the transformation that I can provide, it's really just about getting out there more and creating more media and more content. And I don't want this to sound hard because it's not. Gary V talks a lot about document, don't create. I'm not sure I take that 100% just because y'all know that I really like polish on everything that I do. My sales pages are gorgeous. My podcast episodes are always edited super well. My video marketing is on point and will like hire a studio and hair and makeup and the whole thing. My live events are beautiful. So for me, I think there is for sure a little bit of creation. And also what I'm fundamentally doing is I'm documenting myself. I just put a little bit more sparkle on it, right? I am documenting my methodologies and then creating really powerful content through that. I don't, you know, I'm not a YouTube blogger. I don't just follow myself around with a camera all day. But I think what Gary is saying is 
You don't need to worry about coming up with an amazing content idea every single day. You just need to live your life and let people see into that, see a window into that. I don't think you need to put everything ever on social media, right? There have definitely been things that I kept off. There have been times where Paul and I broke up. I did a live stream about this a few years ago. We broke up for a few months and we eventually, several months later, maybe six or eight months later, talked about it. And I I didn't tell anybody when that was happening. I didn't feel the need to do that. If someone in my family is you know, going through something or if something is changing, I don't feel the need to talk about that or to show that. And also there are little things that you know about me. You know that I like Baby Yoda, love Baby Yoda. You know that my dog Bonnie watches the Grinch. You know that my husband Paul is Australian. You know that I love loose leaf tea. You know that I am a girl boss running a business and just living my life. And I love travel and I love champagne and I love Hermes bags and Birkin bags. And I've got a t-shirt that says twerking for a Birkin and that's just me living my best life. And because people feel connected to me and like they know me, I am able to build trust. Now, is that enough to get somebody to pay you? No, you still have to be an expert, right? Something you've probably heard me talk about before. I'm just assuming that if you're listening to this, you're kind of my best friend and you've been following me for years. And if you're just like, I just heard about you five seconds ago, I'm sorry. I promise I have like a lot of really good content. So dig in. But if you have not heard of me before, four types of content, teaching, inspiration, connection, sales. These are the four types of content you need to be sharing on your social media. So if you're only ever inspiring and connecting, which I think is so core to being a personal brand, if you're missing that teaching content or that expertise, that is probably why people are not paying you because they don't see you as an expert. Likewise, if they don't see you as a facilitator of transformation, right, that inspirational content, they're not going to pay you. There have been so many stories of personal brands, 20 million YouTube followers, whatever. She couldn't sell like 15 t-shirts. I don't know the exact numbers, but she had a bunch of followers and she couldn't sell enough t-shirts for the minimum product order. So she had to scrap the entire launch. And I think it's definitely show up, definitely be yourself and also share your expertise. And for me, I think part of my personal brand is teacher, leader, entrepreneur, CEO, girl boss. I really think strategically about that when it comes into my content. Coach's Kitchen, which is a video series that I did for a long time and I'm planning on bringing back, was a combination of I would cook a recipe like a physical food or cocktail recipe. And then I would give you a recipe for business success. And that was bringing in that personal branding element of I'm a wife now, I'm a homemaker now, I'm a cook now. Like I was relating to people on a different level. I had my video series CEO confessions where I would actually like share my screen, take you behind the scenes of what it was like to run my business. So I'm positioning myself in such a way that you know, it's very true and authentic to me. And also it shows you the most important pieces of me. I really, really, really like homemaking, right? I really like cooking. I'm huge for that. I love the higher level strategy of my business. I love being a CEO. I got the question the other day from one of my clients, do you call yourself a coach or something else? I definitely call myself a coach. And also I think my mentality is CEO first right? Like I am ultimately the CEO of a coaching and media company. That is who I am. And also as an employee of that company, as the executive and a team member within that company, I am a business coach to hundreds of clients, 
Right. I definitely put my clients first for sure. And also I identify as a CEO. So I show that through my content. So by focusing on building my personal brand and building those relationships, building those audiences and community, my Facebook group, my podcast, my YouTube videos, my Instagram account, my email list, I have 35,000 people on my email list these days. That I think is what allowed me to scale my business and to become a self-made millionaire. It was so key because that's how I reached more people, but also I think that's how I helped more people. And I think that's why the business hasn't stopped growing and my wealth hasn't stopped growing because every year it always gets better and better. We've never gone down. We've never you know, plateaued or anything like that. It just always keeps growing. And I think that's, again, just focusing on that personal brand element. Now, the next piece that I think really made a difference for me was investing in support to make it happen faster. I talked a little bit earlier about making those strategic investments. And I think what I want to say about this here is it's about investing in people. So of course you can, you know, buy a book or buy a course or something like that, but investing in support definitely made it happen faster for me because I had people who had walked that path before and who cared about me and who knew my struggles and knew my blind spots and knew my mindset challenges and could hold me accountable, but also hold the vision with me. And that can definitely look like a coach. I've always had a coach. I will always have a coach. I so believe in that. Um, Obviously, if I was a coach who didn't believe in coaching, that'd be super weird. And also I invested in team I invest so much into my team. That is the thing that I invest in more than anything else, more than Facebook ads, more than software, more than anything. My team is the number one thing that I invest in because I know that if I want to go fast, I go alone. If I want to go far, I go together, right? And so we have gone fast and far together because I have people on my team who care about me, but also who care about the vision, right? This vision of helping women become millionaires and empowering women through entrepreneurship and believing that the world is a better place with money in the hands of women. By having people who are on board with that and who can support me in that and who can be in their zone of genius, which allows me to stay in my zone of genius, I've been able to focus on the things that really move the needle in my business. And also I've been able to focus on building wealth and building a marriage and building a family. So I think that investing in people really pays dividends. And again, just that mentorship piece has been so key for me. And that can come through a coach, that can come through a mastermind, that can come through a group program, that can come through in so many ways. But just having people who can say, hey, actually, here's a better, faster, quicker way to do that. Or hey, actually, the software or investment decision you're thinking about moving forward with, I think you should consider this instead. I saw a really great graphic the other day where it said $1,000 electricity bill cutting the wire $1, knowing which wire to cut $999. And that was like the entire thing for me. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Because it's not about paying my coach for the one hour a week that I talk to her. It's about paying her for her years of experience and her business degree and her counseling degree and the experience she had running a really large company and all of these pieces that, and and just helping me, right? And being my support system. So all of that comes together and it helps me get more of what I want faster, right? The program that I'm in, just being able to be around people who are like, actually, here's what you should consider doing instead, or here's our swipe file, here's our copy for this. 
all of that has just completely made it so much quicker for me to get more of what I want. And like I said, become a self-made millionaire. Last thing that I think was really pivotal for me was having multiple streams of income. So for me, the way that I primarily have this for myself is through my different business programs. I definitely have affiliate streams of income. I definitely have investments and other things like that. But for me, the thing that really made the biggest difference was creating multiple streams of income within my own business. I sometimes hear people and they're like, I have real estate, I have affiliates, I have this, I have this business, I have this other business, I have this side hustle. And I think that is definitely doable, but for me, that sounds really tiring. So I would rather take the money that I make and reinvest that elsewhere. And then of course I can have, you know, small, easy things like affiliate income that's automated, whatever there. But for me, building out those multiple streams of income through my programs, I previously had four coaching programs. There was a point where I had five coaching programs. I now have three coaching programs. One of them is closed for enrollment. It, it exists, but it's it's not open for enrollment ever. So I really have two big um, coaching programs open for enrollment. I have my accelerator and my mastermind. I have courses, I have tripwires, I have funnels. I have all these different things that bring in money every single day. And also a lot of these things are assets, right? So my automated courses that are always recorded, I can just run ads to those for the rest of my life. I could sell and license that course to somebody else if I wanted to, but because I'm not reliant on just one coaching program, making all of the money in the business, it has been really easy for me to be able to scale because I just ask myself, okay, well, how many people do we want in that program? How many people do we want in this program? How many people do we want to buy this course? And then what do we need to do to make it happen? And we also have made strategic decisions along the way where, for example, we collapsed two programs together. So we closed down my academy and we put that together with the accelerator because we realized that you can go into the accelerator from the academy level. We've actually designed the content assuming that you know zero about starting your business. I collapsed together my mastermind and my inner circle to create the millionaire mastermind, right? So that's that third program that's you know non-existent essentially. If you're in the inner circle, you will always be in the inner circle, but no one new is getting in there. So I've really streamlined and also I have multiple paths to make money in my business. And at the end of every month, quarter, year, I get to look and see, okay, what has really worked well for us and how can we turn up the dial on this? So having those different offers and different pathways to profit, I think really helped me scale because I remember when I had my first million dollar year, I had a big $500,000 launch. And that brought in a ton of income. And then I also had private clients. And then I also had a big 250K group program launch. And then I had a 200K, 220K course launch. And then I just kept stacking all of this income and all of this monthly recurring revenue. And I didn't really need to do anything else. It didn't even feel like I was competing for market attention or that I was you know, feeling pulled away and pulled stretched thin on time. It just kind of kept stacking and it kept growing. So I think having those multiple streams of income, which for me, I primarily do that through the products that I have and then also through automated affiliate income and investments, that for me has been so transformational. And something you might've heard me say before is that scaling is not about finding a way to make more money. 
It's about finding a way to help more people. And what I have found is that as I have scaled, as I have helped more people, my income has grown as a byproduct because of that, right? So if I only ever focused on a very small subset of people, let's say I fired everybody and I just kept my inner circle, I would still make $600,000 a year approximately from that one program maybe a little bit more, just from that one program, I could get rid of absolutely everybody else. I could just keep raising the prices every few months and just keep you know, running that up, running that up, taking more people, whatever. But I would only be able to help a very small subset of people, right? People who are making 40, 50K a month minimum, all the way up to, I have a client right now in there who's scaling to eight figures. I could only help so many people and that's not actually what I'm here for. So I think that it's also just about how can I help more people? And I think that's maybe the larger message, not so much multiple streams of income, but just multiple ways to help multiple people. That I think has been the thing. So let's recap. What are the different things that came together to help me become a self-made millionaire and grow my wealth? Number one, my mindset, believing that it could happen. Number two, learning to hold on to and expand my money. So feeling really safe with having wealth. Number three, focusing on building my personal brand, which means my community and my relationships. That's you. Number four, investing in support to make it happen faster through mentorship and team members. And finally, helping more people and having those multiple streams of income. I hope that you take some of these tips and put them into action. I feel so lucky and so blessed to have the life that I do and the business that I do. And I also know that I'm just getting started. And if you are just getting started, or maybe you're far along on the path, but you're not there yet, I just want to send you a message and let you know that it is possible and it will happen and your success is inevitable. And I'm always cheering you on. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. If you're a six-figure boss that's ready to build her seven-figure empire, then I invite you to join us inside of the Millionaire Mastermind. The Millionaire Mastermind is for women who are ready to work their way up to 100K months with very little hustle and a whole lot of flow. I have had 16 clients hit seven figures in that elusive millionaire status, and I want you to be next. Go to sabrinaphillip.com forward slash application for more details. I've got a video up there for you with everything you need to know. And cheers to you, future millionaire.